The Daily Tap is live for Tuesday. We're going to talk about the top storylines for the month of August for Wisconsin sports. We're going to also talk about the Brewers and Rays. We'll preview that series. We'll talk about some of the headlines there. And then lastly, we will talk about Jim Hardos um, in Chuck's Corner because it's been a while since I've ran about Jim Hardos. Got to do it. Before we get started, just a reminder, you can follow us on all the social media channels. Twitter, tapping the keg. Uh, TikTok, Tabbing the Keg Sports. Also, Instagram, Tabbing the Keg Sports. Facebook, Tabbing the Keg Sports. Follow them all. Follow one. I don't care. If you're coming in from TikTok, uh, we've got a, quite the audience there. We're almost at 400, which is great. I feel like I was at 200, like, I don't know, a couple, couple weeks ago, hoping to hit 500 before August, before Packers season. Let's, let's put it out there. 500 before Packers season would be pretty sick. Um, that would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, if you're coming in from there, great. Welcome welcome aboard. Uh, if you like what you hear, uh, subscribe on Apple or Spotify. Uh, we're on both. We're also on any other podcast platforms. If somehow we're not on a podcast platform you listen to, please let me know. Um, and if you're already subscribed, make sure that you're rating and reviewing, um, that you're also uh, telling your friends, sharing it out. Um, as I say on the show a lot, I think we do stuff a little bit different than the others um, locally. And that we're not just one, we're not one thing. We're not just Packers, we're not just Bucks, we're not just the Badgers. We are all of it in one. So that's what we bring you. And let's get started with the storylines for the month of August. So August is an interesting time as a sports fan. I think it is the most anticipated month. And what I mean by that, I don't mean like from an excitement. I just think it is a great deal of anticipation all month long. As you get closer and closer to September starting, you get those sort of feelings about football. You get that sense in the air, right? The weather yesterday in Milwaukee felt like football weather. It felt great and was really excited about that. And I think, I don't know about you guys, but middle of August, I always kind of feel like I should be playing football. Like, I don't know when that will leave me. I don't know if that's Uncle Rico, right? I'm almost going to be 34. And I haven't played football in 14 years now, right? So it's been a long time. But I still feel that way. Like, I still feel really good about potentially playing football again, even though I never will. Um, Turkey Bowl aside. So that being said, you know, there's that anticipation for football. Whether it's college, whether it's pro, you're going to have that all month long. You'll do your fantasy football drafts. You will... You know, you will make sure you'll make your bets for the season. You'll have your future bets, whether it's on the Packers, whether it's on other teams. Um, you'll have maybe your MVP bets, your defensive player of the year bets. You, and even if you don't bet, you probably are doing fantasy football. And if for some reason you're not doing both, you're still going to be excited about the season. You're going to consume football content. You know, part of my take just had Aaron Rodgers on their show yesterday, which I want to talk about Rodgers and the media, but we'll save that for another day. Um, and... You know, there's going to be other stuff. Bustin' with the Boys was just in uh, Green Bay, a, another Barstool podcast. They also interviewed Aaron Rodgers. They interviewed, I think, A.J. Dillon, Bisaccia, I think maybe LaFleur too. Um, so, you know, there's going to be so much football content to consume. Uh, and it's not just Packers. But it could be other teams. So I think there's always that anticipation. The number one headline to me for the month or this number one storyline is what will that 53-man roster look like? What does the depth chart look like for the Packers heading into their showdown against the Minnesota Vikings in week number one? Some of the positions, obviously, we know, right? Quarterback, running back. Uh, but that's, you know, 
corner, even cornerback, I'd say we we know what's going on. Edge rusher, I think we know. Defensive line, we kind of know. But who are those other guys? What will the wide receiver depth chart look like? We know Alan Lazard's the number one, but is it going to be Romeo Dobbs at two? Right now, it's trending that way, right? Or maybe Sammy Watkins and Dobbs combination of the two. I know a depth chart came out today, but I'm not really going to talk about that because it's the first week of preseason. There's a long way to go. Will the tight end room be Tyler Davis and Josiah Deguerra, or will it be Mercedes Lewis and Deguerra, and Davis is on the sidelines, or will Robert Tunyon be able to come back? You know, he was working out with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins today. That was interesting. Who will be starting on the offensive line for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, all of those things are left unturned. We don't know those answers just yet. And I think that, to me, is the biggest storyline out of August. Now, we, we won't have it maybe decided until Labor Day, which is September, technically. But I think we will debate this and we'll talk about different roster spots all August long. And who deserves to go where? Do we have any concerns about things? And that will be something that's just, I think, in our forefront at all times. And I think... The receiver discussion becomes a lot more interesting if Christian Watson's able to play. Christian Watson was working out with those guys mentioned today. So hopefully we see Christian Watson in the next couple weeks. You'd really like to see Christian Watson in a preseason game. Like I, I think if you don't get Christian Watson in a preseason game, I do almost wonder if he should go on the pump. Like I, I think there is a case for it. I don't know if I'm like fully there on that take. But it, to me, it's it's one where you wonder what Watson can do once the games start. Like, that's my overall concern right now with Watson is, like, how many – he doesn't have that much time left. Like, it's running out. Like, if it's an hourglass or, you know, or, yeah, hourglass. Like, we're starting to go to the side where it's almost out because now we're getting the game weeks. Now we're getting game prep. Like, there are fewer and fewer practices as this goes on. Now, Watson's a smart dude from all accounts. It's it's likely he can pick it up, but it's not necessarily trending in the right direction for him. And it's a little troublesome. So I hope we can see Watson, you know, before August 15th. I think if he doesn't, you know, get back by August 15th, then I start to worry, you know, what really is his ceiling for the season? And I, it sounds dramatic, right? But I think it's true. Like the fact that Romeo Dobbs right now has higher rookie of the year odds than Watson is ridiculous. That should not be the case. And maybe Dobbs shouldn't be eight to one, which is what Watson is, but Dobbs certainly shouldn't be 30 to one. And so make that investment now, I think even before that first preseason game. So that to me is a huge part of this. And then who wins the right tackle spot? Is it gonna be Royce Newman? Is it going to be Zach Tom, who I think has a legitimate shot to be a right tackle for this Green Bay Packer team? Uh, you know, it, what, what are they going to look like on the right side? I think that right side is going to be, I wouldn't say question, but it's going to be one that we pay a lot of attention to early on. And how do they protect Aaron Rodgers, especially if it, they're rolling out with some of the younger guys? We'll see. Could Jake Hansen break through? I don't know. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have to see. And then defensively, I think we talked a lot. I know we talked a lot about the 53-man, about who will make the team. I think it's just, will that defense live up to the hype? That defense is pretty much set on who will be starters. So you just hope that everybody stays healthy for the preseason. I don't know how many guys are going to play. I know Rodgers isn't going to play, which we're going to talk about here in a second. But I I hope that they keep those guys kind of in bubble wrap. Like, I think Wyatt's going to start. I think Walker is going to start. Like, I, I think they're both rookies are starting this year. 
And I'm not really that scared about it. I don't think that's anything to be concerned or have consternation about. I mean, yeah, they're rookies. And I think that we should sort of, obviously, they get a little bit of a pass, especially Walker to me. Like, if Walker's NFL ready with the limited amount he played at Georgia, then the guy's just a fucking freak. And then maybe my expectations for Quay Walker need to grow. I think Wyatt has less of that because he's older, right? Like, he's been, been around the block. But yeah, I, I think you're going to look at a real situation where it could be Wyatt, Kenny Clark, Jaron Reed, and that's sort of your front front line. And then it's Walker Campbell, Gary Smith. That's a fucking ferocious front seven. And then that's not even, we don't even get to the secondary yet. And everybody seems giddy about this defense. And I do think there is some temporary expectations a little bit, but I think it's going to be hard because I think you're going to have success in the first two weeks. It's hard not to think they won't. I know the Vikings have a good offense, but it's week one with a brand new coach in the NFL. It's going to take Kevin O'Connell a while to sort of implement his system. Remember Matt LaFleur for the first, what, four or five weeks of the Packer season and in his first year? It wasn't that great. I think you'll see the similar with Kevin O'Connell. Doesn't mean he can't win the game, but just means that his offense is, you know, it's going to take some time. And then Matt Eberflus and the New Look Bears, like, again, same, similar shit, right? So it'll be very interesting. And then week three will be the test, right? You see Tom Brady and see what that's all about. And the Patriots stuff isn't looking great. Uh, out of Patriots camp and training camp, it's early. Could could change as, you know, you get onto the field. But Bill Belichick deciding not to necessarily get an offensive coordinator looks pretty rough. And I think you're getting to almost a Brett Favre-like thing with Belichick where it seems like it's kind of passing his prime, which is great for the Packers. Like, that's great news. There's a real path for the Packers to be 6-0 and to start the season. I think the Buccaneers is obviously the challenge there, but I think the Patriots are looking less of a challenge. Like, if I had to set that line right now, just based on what we've seen, seen you know, from training camp so far, I might even put that at, like, a Packer 8.5. That sounds crazy, but I, I don't know. I I think there I if you, you could take a bet on a Patriots last place. I, I might take it. I don't know what that would pay out, but I think you'd get a good number on that. Maybe like ten to one. I wouldn't wouldn't hate that. Might not be a worse idea. Just a thought. Moving on to storyline number two, staying with the Packers. What will Jordan Love's trade potential look like at the end of this preseason? Now, Something I've been on for a while, um, and a take that I've sort of sat on. I, I should really do like the island of takes, and just it's hard because sometimes some of them I just remember. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I've talked about this a lot with the podcast, but like I've said, like Jordan Love to me is like a perfect like mid season trade. I talked about this last year. I feel I think I feel even more strongly about it this year. Aaron Rodgers said the part of my take boys that he thought he was going to play three to four years. Jordan Love is in his fourth year. There or third year, excuse me. Jordan Love's not going to stick around for three or four more years. He just doesn't. I, I why would you? And he looks the part. Like he's he had some really good moments in training camp this year. And so if there's one to me, like that's the number one thing to watch in San Francisco. Like, will Jordan Love carry that over from training camp to actual game? And if Jordan Love looks awesome in that. I do wonder, will there be teams that will sniff around? You know, there's only so many teams that can draft Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Levis, I think, is another guy that's been mentioned, you know, in the top 10. But would you rather have a guy like that, or would you rather have Jordan Love? 
Like, if Jordan Love has a good preseason, I do think the Packers could get a second-round pick or a third-round pick for him come the trade deadline and almost pose it to a team like, let's say, the Atlanta Falcons, just throwing it out there. I'd prefer not to trade Jordan Love inside the NFC, personally. I would like to trade him to the AFC. But the Falcons, to me, are probably the best example. I'm trying to think. in the other thing, too, there's not really a team in the AFC that needs a quarterback, as crazy as that sounds. That, I know you guys are kind of like, what? It's like, no, but think about this. Like, what team in the AFC needs a quarterback? Patriots have Mac Jones. Jets have Zach Wilson. Dolphins have Tua. Now, that would be an interesting one more offseason, right, than, than during the season. I think that discussion would pick up in the offseason. I don't think they'd come bait with Tua. So maybe, yeah, you have uh, the, who's the MS? Bills, Josh Allen, my guy. No way. Ravens, Lamar Jackson. But if you let Lamar Jackson walk, then yeah, things get a little interesting there. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, duh. Uh, Browns are paying the uh, massage enthusiast to Sean Watson. Uh, And then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers. You could argue need a quarterback, right? But Kenny Pickett's old guy. Like, I think the assumption is that Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph is a bridge to Kenny Pickett. I would be really surprised if Kenny Pickett doesn't play this year. And then you go to the South, and it's Tannehill, it's Matt Ryan, it's Trevor Lawrence, Davis Mills. Again, AFC South, AFC, it's AFC West, it's all those guys, they're all set. So it's like, you might have to trade Jordan Love to the NFC, and the question is, do the Packers want to do that? Do the Packers want to wait and see maybe in the offseason if the Dolphins, or they don't pay, like, to me, I guess to, like, really think about this. If the Ravens somehow do not pay Lamar Jackson, they decide we're not paying Lamar, he's going to go to fucking Miami. Okay? He will go to Miami. They will try to trade Tua. And that'll be the thing. Right? Or maybe it's a... I Unprecedented, but what about a Lamar for Tua swap? I don't know. Now, Warren Sharp is on this crusade, really, that Tua is going to be good. And I'm not, I'm not that doubtful of it honestly like I, I wouldn't say that I know we're talking about Jordan Love but it's to me like they're there I can see it right with the two guys that have but back to Love like yeah I think he's gonna get a lot of attention if he lights it up and I think there's a really good chance that he lights it up now will Aaron Rodgers play that third preseason game I think Aaron Rodgers should I don't know if Aaron Rodgers wants to Aaron Rodgers you know is his own guy Aaron Rodgers definitely goes to the beat of his own drum. I feel a lot better about his relationship with Alan Lazard, hearing that Tunyon, Lazard, and Rodgers hang out every Monday. And I know you're like, Charlie, that's not on the field. What do you mean? They have the chem- That's chemistry right there. That's friendship. They, they know. Like, Rodgers might feel like he's he's has enough connections with these rookies and that he does enough in practice that he doesn't need to have them out on the field for the game. And if that's the case, I will I, I will defer to my 38-year-old quarterback, who probably knows better than me. But I will say, if you fucking struggle with these guys week one, don't come pointing fingers. Like, you should have been out there working with these guys. I think Matt LaFleur can only do so much. He, you know, it's, it's a semi-player empowerment, semi, you know, working with Aaron and saying, Aaron, we just want you out there for one or two snaps. Aaron might look at it too and say, I don't want to play at a field that isn't Lambeau for a basically meaningless baseball game, right? Sorry, I had baseball stuff up. So I was like, oh, baseball, no, it's football. 
So let's see here. Packers, I think week three is probably, oh, no, they're in Kansas City week three. So really the the week would be week two, right? So Saints-Packers week two. They also are doing the joint practices with the Saints that week. So maybe that's when, and I think LaFleur did say that. Like he wants to see Rodgers in the joint practices. If he feels good about what what's happening in the joint practices, then he might say, all right, we're, we're cool. We're, we're good with all the stuff we have have everything we need and we can push forward. So maybe that's the case. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited to watch Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love is probably one of the biggest reasons to watch preseason. That would be the case for it. And, you know, it, it, I would say, you know, we'll talk about the Brewers here upcoming, but probably wouldn't prioritize Packer, Packer preseason over the Brewers. Nice bar watch night, right? think sometimes bars get it wrong and put blast the pack a preseason game but i was amazed that because usually the first or second preseason game comes around my birthday and i was amazed at how many packer fans like just were so excited to watch the packers in a preseason game at the bar like we were at the we were at nomad i think for my birthday last year is that last year i can't remember i think it was yeah and like the packers were playing and man bar was like People in Packer shirts, people cheering. I'm like, it's fucking preseason, guys. Like, just like chill out. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But people, people make it out to be. So I guess I can't blame them. But yeah, we'll see how much Jordan Love we get. Well, we'll get a lot of Jordan Love, but may, will we get any Aaron Rodgers? That's left to be, left to be found out. Number three, as mentioned, the Brewers. Will they come back to life? Will the Brewers get resuscitated? Um, Milwaukee Brewers are down bad. They had a bad week. They had a day off today. Uh, you know, hopefully they shook off everything that happened in the last week. Maybe sacrificed a live chicken. I don't know. But I'll be very curious to see the energy the Brewers come out on Tuesday. Likely not a big crowd. It's the Rays. It's a Tuesday. Got people back at fall sports. Like mentioned, football's back. I think soccer you got a couple weeks left. So really it's just football. But still, you're not going to have as many, probably as many fans. Probably a lower gate. How do the Brewers respond to that? Do the Brewers say, all right, whatever, doesn't matter, and they go on and they win one, one of two or two of two against the Rays, and then they set, set up a showdown with the St. Louis Cardinals this weekend where the Brewers can really make some hay. And remember, we do not have a game 163. The Brewers and Cardinals are deadlocked this season. They are 5-5 five and five with seven games left. So we'll see who comes out on top. And that's going to be a massive series. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And even, like, you have to also set yourself up to, and I know we, we talked a little bit about this last week, but it's like, or yesterday, but it's like, you have to set yourself up for success when you're facing the Dodgers. And the only way you do that is by taking care of business in the next six games, or five games. If you go four, four and one in the next games, then you kind of have, a, I wouldn't say house money, so you can at least set yourself up if the Dodgers win three or four, like that's okay, right? So we'll see what happens. I mean, I am not giving up. Uh, I'm not gonna be down on my luck. We got 54 games left. Um, I will make a decision on this Brewers team after these two weeks, and I'll. I'm not necessarily gonna even throw myself in the Dunn Club, right? It's a long way to go. It right now to me, like, and it is just me. I'd be shaking in my boots if I was the Padres. Padres are now the last team in the playoffs. If the Padres miss the playoffs with this team, 
that will be fucking incredible. And I know that there's some thought that, oh, they're cursed. And I'm like, ah, I love my guys at the Vine, but, you know, come on. Like, just because we lo- you lose a couple games to the Dodgers, it's suddenly a curse. Like, I just, I don't buy into that. I'm sorry. All right? Like, I, I mean, I think, like, a lot of that's residual Chargers. Like, I, I really do. Like, I think it's, like, all the Philip River Chargers shit. It's just kind of, like, you need to sage the entire area to kind of get that off of you. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, it's going to be a fun, fun, fun baseball finish. Like, I, I'm really really fired up for it. I got to admit, like, we're going to talk about the gym uh, later on the show. I've listened to Edwin Diaz's uh, walkout song a couple times. That thing went super viral with Diaz walking out. I knew about the trumpets because I follow way too many Mets fans on Twitter, which is going to be a problem if they play the Brewers. Um, I, I'm going to have to trim that fat. But... So I always knew about the trumpets, but I never actually listened to the song, looked it up, because uh, I was doing it for a TikTok, and Tammy Cake Sports, by the way, and I was started listening to it, and I'm like, oh, this is fucking fire. And I'm like, well, I don't know which what song or closers go out to. I don't know what Devin Williams comes out to. I think Josh Hader came out to Fireman. That might have been Jamie Jeffries. But still, like, this is cooler than any of those. And then it made me wish that the Brewers were at the level of what the New York Mets were. But then you realize that, like, only that 2018 team was. And it's really hard to replicate that year in, year out, unless you're the fucking Dodgers. Like, just look at the parody of baseball, right? Like, in a, in a way. Not saying everything is, is perfect, but if you look at last season and you compare it to this season, it's, it's, a, little, it's a little different, right? It's not, it's not exactly... It's not exactly there. The Rays, you know, were the top team in the American League East. The Chicago White Sox were really good. The Astros, still very good. Uh, you had the Red Sox and the Yankees who were both in the playoff, and they were in a one game. Remember, they did not go to the seven game, and had they done that, it would have been the Toronto Blue Jays at 91 wins. So all three teams would have been from the AL East. And then in the NL, yeah, you had the Atlanta Braves at 88 wins. Atlanta at 88, remember that. Brewers were there at 95. Cardinals got into the one-game playoff as the wild card. The Giants and Dodgers battled it out at 105 and 106. Had we had the third team, it would have actually been the Cincinnati. No, not Cincinnati. Yeah, it would have been the Reds. The Reds would have made the playoffs at 83 and 79. That's crazy. That's kind of a wild, like consequence of that seventh game, right? You can get a team that was pretty much average all year, and then the Reds would blow it up shortly thereafter. But yeah, I mean, the Brewers, I think maybe we took for granted that year, and maybe that's something worth discussing, right? That the Brewers, you know, had a chance at something special, and it just, it didn't exactly work. And I I don't know. I think this is a really interesting time period to be a Brewer fan. We'll see about Stearns. We'll see about everything else. But unlike last year where the Reds were 83 wins and they would have made the playoffs, I don't think a team with 83 wins is making the playoffs. I don't know. In the NL, at least. I don't know about the AL. AL's pretty trash besides Yankees and Astros. I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find a team under 85 wins being in the NL playoffs. So Brewers got to keep winning, and they got to figure it out. And so hopefully... They, they kind of had a deep breath. They didn't have to play tonight, thank God. I think that that was actually very important. 
And the fact that the Brewers get a couple days off this week, I think it's going to really help. And I think it'll help them cope, help them figure it out a little bit, and move on. Because now you move on, right? It's been a week. you got to just push forward. You can't keep thinking about it. And it's over, and you turn that leaf. And to, tomorrow is the day to turn that leaf. Headline number four will have the Bucks schedule out. Uh, it'll be out in mid-August. I don't know why the NBA waits so long. I have 0.0 idea. Um, and I don't know why they don't have a release date. They're like, oh, it'll be middle of August. That was what they told Mark Stein in the New York Times. Ah, no, he's working for his own stuff, Substack. But anyways, uh, they told Mark Stein middle, middle of August. Like, why isn't this a big deal? Like, why doesn't ESPN have a fucking broadcast that, you know, unveils the NBA season? Like, that to me seems like an awesome thing that they could do, right? Why not do, like, all right, here are the Christmas Day games. Here's opening night. Now, they usually leak those out a little early. But then, and then here are all our ABC games. And here's ESPN. And here's our friends from TNT. Like, why wouldn't you do that? And then you're like, here's the rest of the schedule. Like, why, why not hype it up? That to me seems like a genius August content idea. But instead, it's going to be like, oh, we'll tell you when we release it. And I'm sure the jump will have something. But I feel like I would build a day around that, man. But who knows? Bucks will likely play on Christmas, as they have. Um, I think the Bucks will actually have more ABC games. Um, that's something I might might put in the tickler file for TikTok. But I do think that the Bucks are going to have a quite a presence nationally this year. And you're like, Charlie, they finished out. They weren't finals. They didn't win the finals this year. Why would they have more of a presence than they did last year? It's pretty simple. Giannis Antetokounmpo had a movie on Disney Plus come out. I think that's going to matter for the NBA. Because the NBA is going to look at that and say, we need to build off that. You know, maybe they'll do some advertising for Rise right before the season starts. I think you will get more Bucks games on TV nationally because of that. And I think you'll get more on ESPN and ABC because of that. Because then you can run advertising for it during those games. And then build on that story. That most people should know at this point. But if they don't, that's still there. It's still available. As an aside, I watched Hustle uh, with that. I think I mentioned that on yesterday's show. But it's good. It was enjoyable. I actually haven't watched the honest movie. I think... I know it's good. I know people really like it. And it probably makes me a bad fan, bad podcaster. Uh, but I I just, I know this story. Like, I, I know it. I pretty much know that story from the back of my hand. Now, maybe I'd find some stuff that I didn't know. Um, so, I know my wife wants to watch it. So, we'll, at some point, we'll we'll get to that. Um, you know, got to space out your sports movies. You can't, can't just OD on sports movies. Which I, because I don't know, for me, like, it's an escapism. Like, I watch sports all the time. Like, I don't mind watching an occasional sports movie. Like, honestly, watching Hustle was great because I, with basketball, it was it was fun to, it was fun to watch basketball, right? I, you know, I haven't thought about basketball in, you know, a month and a half or so. And so it was, it was kind of cool in that regard. But, yeah. As for uh, Christmas Day predictions, I was thinking about this. The NBA, or the NFL, uh, hilariously fucked over. Uh, the Bucks. They also fucked over the Lakers. Um, it, the Heat. There are a bunch of teams that should be playing on Christmas that also have their football teams playing. So we have another Packer Bucks doubleheader. Packers play at noon, which it's going to be a whole other thing for me for Christmas. But that we'll talk about that much later um, in the year. 
But I think you're going to Suns Bucks. I think they're going to do like a finals, finals sort of redo, right? You're going to have Warriors Celtics. You're going to have Suns Bucks. Uh, I have no information. This is me guessing. I think you'll get New York back. The Knicks. I think you'll have Philly, Philly against New York. I, I said Heat Lakers. I left the Nets off. I I think that they will not take the risk and put the Nets on there. I wouldn't like to me. That would not be a good idea. Like I would not put the Nets on on my Christmas broadcast. And then lastly, I had Grizzlies T Wolves because I felt like that eight thirty game is always such a fucking lull. Like why not make it with some really fun teams? I know the Grizzlies wanted to play the Warriors on Christmas, and if they did more divisional stuff, then maybe it's Bucks Celtics and Grizzlies Warriors. Who knows? We'll see. And maybe Suns Lakers would then be sort of that combination. Heat Knicks maybe a little maybe make it more like rivalry. Do like a Christmas rivalry. Then you could go Grizzlies, T Wolves, some some new rivalries, some old rivalries. I don't know if Suns Lakers really qualifies as a rivalry, but I don't know. Chris Paul versus LeBron is a I would say a friendly rivalry. Those guys like each other, so is it really a rivalry? I don't know. But that, who knows? Uh, so lastly, for headlines as we continue on here, Graham Mertz. You know, will there be hype around Graham Mertz? Will there be a positivity around Graham Mertz? Um, will people be ready to roll with Graham Mertz? That'll be interesting to see where everyone's confidence level is heading into week one against Illinois State. Now, granted, it's Illinois State, so I think that you have sort of that buffer, right? It's a lot different than last year where first game out the box, you're playing Penn State. Um, I actually think that'll actually really help the Badgers. Um, and then you get Washington State the following week, which will be a good test. I mean, Washington State, not supposed to be that good this year. But still, that's, you know, power five team. And you get kind of get your beak wet before you have Ohio State two weeks after. So be interesting to see, you know, where people are at with Graham Mertz. I think Braylon Allen, there's some hype around Braylon Allen. But I think a lot of the running back hypes towards B. John Robinson. Uh, but I would probably, I could maybe make a case that Braylon Allen has a better year than B. John Robinson. But we'll see. Um, I think both are going to be very good. All right, went long on that. Uh, all of a sudden, I look at the time, I'm like, oh, shit. So, apologize for that. Um, may have been a little too rambly, but that's okay. Uh, Brewers Rays preview, uh, we mentioned it a little bit um, in our third storyline. So, the Brewers and Rays have identical records. Uh, the Rays right now are the fourth team in the wild card, I think. So, they give you an idea of where the Brewers could be in the AL right now, be fourth. Uh, they have a... a the Rays are 5-5 five and five in their last 10, but they've won four of their last five. They did pretty well over the weekend against the Detroit Tigers. Um, Tigers, one of the, the basement teams in the league, so they took advantage, unlike the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers are 4-6. and six. They've lost five of their last six against teams, the Pittsburgh Pirates, as well as the Cincinnati Reds. I'd be remiss to, if I didn't mention that the Pirates... I got shut out, I think, tonight by the Arizona Nimebacks. They're down 3 nothing when I started taping. And the Cincinnati Reds lost 5-1 to one to the New York Mets. So just a thought on that. Uh, but so the Brewers will take Fred Peralta to the hill on Tuesday night uh, against Jimmy Yacobonis. Uh, likely a bullpen game for the Rays. Yacobonis came come over from the Marlins. Uh, he formerly had pitched a little bit for the Mariners in 2021. But a lot of his time in the big leagues was spent with the Orioles. He was absolutely terrible. I, it's just a name. Sometimes you see names, pitchers. You're like, oh, yeah. Remember Gamma, that guy. Robert Duggar was another one uh, last Friday. Jimmy Yacobonis is definitely that guy. So I 
I look forward to that. Freddie Peralta. Uh, we'll see what we get from Freddie. Um, I hope they're not piggybacking Freddie with Jason Alexander. I know Brian Anderson mentioned that on the Sunday broadcast. I would not like that. I don't really like Jason Alexander up in the big leagues as is. I think you could do better than that. Um, he, to me, just is not a big league pitcher. Uh, he just does not do enough for me to warrant being a big league guy. But that's just me. Uh, as for the Wednesday matinee, you have Jeffrey Springs versus Brandon Woodruff. Another lefty to deal with for the Brewers. They have struggled against lefties this season, as they have in years past. It would be really great to hit one uh, this time around. Springs has been pretty solid uh, for the Rays. So we do not... The, the Brewers in those four games against the Rays have avoided Shane McCallahan. They avoided Drew Rasmussen, former Brewer, so no Brewer revenge game for Rasmussen. Um, and yeah, they have to face Springs, who's not bad. And Woodruff has been really good at home this year, uh, so he will continue that. The thing that really worries me about this series is not necessarily Woodruff or Peralta. It's the fact that you, we will not have Woodruff or Peralta pitching in the series against the St. Louis Cardinals. That will belong to Eric Lauer and Aaron Ashby and Corbin Burns. It'll be the exact same lineup that we saw this weekend. And Cardinals are very good against left-handers. It will be something I bring up again uh, later this week. But yeah, it's terrifying. So I don't know how Craig Council planned this, but to me, again, another like weird like detail thing that seems like the Brewers are missing. Like, Why are we stacking our two left-handers? That seems a little, I don't know. And maybe, I don't know, maybe Alexander is being used as a piggyback for Ashby. Ashby, to me, that's one of the things we didn't necessarily talk about. Uh, but the guy's really had to. He really has got to figure it out if he wants to be a big league starter. Um, that worries me. But anyways, as for, like, the two headlines from it, um, I hope Keston here is going to get more time. He deserves it. Like, the guy's had has 10 home runs. He's had home runs in the last two games. You have to keep playing Keston here. I realize that with the Acabonis being ready, you're going to want Ryan Tellez out there. Put Andrew McCutcheon in center field. Have here a DH, okay? Or if you don't want him, to, if you don't want McCutcheon out in center field, have Hira play left field. Give Yelich the day off, or have Yelich DH, and give McCutcheon another day off. I don't know, but figure it out. Like I, I don't really like the fact that Craig Council basically is like, oh, I'm just going to kind of stick with my guys. Like I'm, I'm a Craig Council guy, but the lack of respect he has for Keston here is fucking ridiculous. It just is, and I think a lot of Brewer fans feel that way. And he needs to be playing more. And I hope we see more of the Castaldi start on Tuesday. The other part of this is will the bullpen hold it together? You know, you have Freddy Peralta likely only going to be able to go four, maybe five innings if lucky. Um, so you're going to need a good effort out of the bullpen, and they've been really bad at bridging the gap. That Saturday game against the Reds made me more mad the more I thought about it because you basically came back, you're 4-3, your base is loaded in the fifth inning, they couldn't drive anything home, which was very frustrating, and who knows, maybe if they bring in two runs there and it's 5-4 to four Brewers, this whole thing is different. They win that game and then losing Sunday would suck, but you'd at least look at it and say, all right, you took two out of three against the Reds. You kind of started to put the pieces back together. You didn't lose another game on the Cardinals. And there's that, right? But instead, you obviously lost that game and you gave up three home runs from your bullpen. That's inexcusable to me. Like, that to me just can't happen. 
And this bullpen issues are not just Josh Hader, right? Like, was this bullpen just kind of a wolf in sheep's clothing? And, you know, Hobie Milner has had some moments, but he, he, most of it has been regression for Hobie Milner since the since post-All-Star break. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But definitely a series where I hope, I'm hope i hoping for a sweep, but I'm probably assuming they'll take one of one and then they would be, what, six of their last... They'd lose six of their last eight heading into the St. Louis series. St. Louis is in Colorado for three, so they will play the Rockies in a quick three-game set. Um, and the scoreboard watching, as well as the Phillies, who I forget who the Phillies play. I think the Marlins. So Phillies, again, get to get fat on the AL, NL East, and unlike the Brewers, they take advantage of it. All right, let's do Chuck's Corner. If you're unfamiliar with Chuck's Corner, it's time where I just sort of kvetch. I just sort of rant. Sometimes I have topics to talk about. Sometimes I don't. Um, today, we're talking Jim Hardos. So I haven't done a Jim podcast topic in a while. Um, as some know, some might not know. I go to the gym probably four to five times a week. I like the gym. I think it's a great place to sort of shut off your anxiety of the day or any stress that you're going on. It's just great. You get the endorphins. It's my first time lifting in a week. I had, I don't know. I think I pinched a nerve. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I hurt something in my shoulder last week. Um, and so I was kind of on the IL for a week. So I'm back at it. I'm excited. It's going to go yesterday morning. Didn't make it. Um, a little behind the scenes. I was, I, you know, I had to do the podcast late. So then it led to not getting to the gym. And then, you know, so now I understand how sausage made. So because of that, I, I looked at it. I was like, you know what? I, I'm I'm go- I'm going to the gym tonight. I'm excited for it. I'm gonna run first time in a week. So also with my shoulder thing, couldn't really swing my arms. So work and like just the amount of fucking assholes that were in that gym were unbelievable. There were no etiquette. It's an absolute mess. You had somebody who fucking commandeered the only twenty pound weights that we had. I do circuits, so I do work with a lot of twenty pound weights. Like a lot of the shit I do is with twenty pounds. And some fucking assholes had the 20 pounders the entire time. There were dudes throwing weight around. There were guys doing fucking curls and blocking off two machines. Like this asshole was doing curls in between like a black pull down machine and a fucking a fly machine. Like I just couldn't believe it. And then some dude popping up push ups. I nearly ran into somebody. Like I'm not one to say we should cap the gym, but. It was like, it was very clear to me, which I learned today, which is good, that if I'm going to the gym at night, I have to get in that bitch probably like 545 because the surge by 630 when I got done, I was like, oh my God, way too many fucking people and was just entirely distracting because you're like, okay, do I need to switch up my lifts? There are guys kind of staring you down. I just don't, I also don't understand the guys who are, who throw down weights like this guy this guy was a beast, right? Like he was, he wasn't really jacked. He was like one of those like fat beasts. You know what I'm being, you know the guys who like can lift a ton of weights, but they don't really, they don't really show it. Like this guy definitely had some fucking power. Would kick my ass, 100%. He was, dead, I think he was deadlifting. It was definitely two plates. Might've been 275. So like, big dude, right? But he's like just tossing weights on the floor. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, right? Like, 
I understand, like, you toss weights if you're exerting, you're done. Like, you've done, you know, most weight or whatever, and you throw the weight. I get it. I've done that. It's how Trucklemania was invented, which is another story for another time. But, like, to just throw fucking weights as you're getting ready, like, and I felt like he was kind of trying to establish his dominance with me. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, would I lose in a fight to that guy? Fuck yeah. But did I want to knock chucks? Yeah, a little bit. Why not? But yeah, man, testosterone was running real hot. I don't know, maybe everybody got that same feel as I did and like football season should start. I should be getting ready for football. Also too, probably coincidental, like UWM kids starting to come back. So you have that, which is another factor probably. There's some lost puppy dogs in there um, where I was just pushing guys through and be like, all right, come, go. So yeah, but I, I just, I do also say some of it could be in my head. Um, you might be shocked by that, but I like to lift angry, um, and that's something I, I, I relish in. So definitely um, definitely something that was on my, my chest. Got off, felt good, lift was good, run was good. Um, and, but it's, it's a good reminder about why I'm a morning crew guy mostly and not a night crew guy. All right, that does it for today's show. Um, technically, maybe tomorrow. Um, don't know. I Bad job by me. Didn't talk to Mitch today. Um, so maybe tapping the cake tomorrow. If not, you know, one time this week, you know where to find us. Um, so we'll have that. We'll also have some daily tap. We'll get you ready for training, the preseason game. We'll get you ready for the Brewers stuff. We'll react. Hopefully we're more happy about the Brewers this week than we were last week. And, yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. All right. Take care of yourself. Have a great Tuesday. And we'll be back tomorrow. See you. Bye.